Welcome to the Gospel According to with Ryan and Mike, a conversation designed to explore what makes the gospel good news in various books and topics of the Bible. All right, we're continuing to talk about the kingdom of God and trace this theme throughout scripture. The last couple episodes, we've dealt with the problem of rebellion and the problem of evil. And, and in the last episode, uh, we just let you run loose and, and uh, uh, help us see this through the parable of the Disney movie Encanto. Or I'm sorry, I pronounced that wrong, didn't I? Encanto. Encanto. Very yeah, good. You, Very I good. can tease. I can tease your accent. You can tease mine. Uh, anyway. Today, we're going to turn now to the solution and the promise of restoration. And we've, we've talked about this at sort of a sketch level, but we want to dive into this a little bit more and, and, and see that God did not abandon his purpose for humanity and through humanity, but in the wake of rebellion that we see this promise of restoration. So you're the one, Mike, that really helped me to work through this language. And I, and I, and I you just go back to it so often. The Bible is the story of rebellion or restoration of God's kingdom. Yeah. 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 And when we get to Exodus 14, mm-hmm. we f- see God delivering his people through the Red Sea. Now, yeah. this again is just one of the great stories of the Bible. And mm-hmm. if you haven't read it in a while, just take the time to find an audio version of this that's good quality and listen to Exodus 14 because it's amazing. But the chapter ends with saying in verse 30, thus Yahweh saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Yeah. Three agents we see here, Mike, who are they? God, humanity, the powers of evil. Okay. And this is what we've really talked about, right? I mean, whenever you think through the Bible, you have God, humanity, the powers of evil. Likewise, in Encanto, I mean, you you really have the family Madrigal, which is humanity. You have the powers of love, which are driving over them. But you also then have these malignant forces of destruction at work. It's, it's these three agents that are at work. Now, as we note, At the end of Exodus 14, God has saved Israel, and then Moses writes a song thanking the Lord for his great act. He says in Exodus 15, 1, then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Now, a couple of things we have to note about evil. Where does evil come from in Daniel 7 and Revelation 12 to 13? C. Where does evil end up when God is finished saving? Hmm, the C. Back in the sea. God under the sea. I'm still in Disney mood, I guess. Right. Um, you know, God, oh, no. <laughs> I do a great Sebastian for anybody that would like a recording of this. Um, but God puts evil back into the sea. Um, and, and, and here you have God saving his people and evil is vanquished. Restoration of the kingdom. Well, the question then is, as God defeats evil, and he restores his people. What happens? Verse 17, you will bring Israel in and plant them on your own mountain. The place, O Lord, which you have made your abode, 
the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established, the Lord will reign forever and ever. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about this great gospel word, salvation. It's kind of like the word gospel. It's been used so much that I don't think it means anything, but comes to mean everything. Yeah. Biblically, Mike, what is salvation? Rescue from our enemies. Rescue from evil. Yeah. I'm going to use a different word. Deliverance. Deliverance. Yeah. 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 It's, It's all about deliverance. Deliverance from the evil one. And as we're delivered from the evil one, what awaits us on the other side? The brain of God, restoration, right. relationship with God, um, flourishing life in him, with him. All, all about things. the reign of God, isn't it? And I think whenever we, whenever we tell the story of salvation this way, I think salvation is far more meaningful. Mm, yeah. In that I in my life formerly rebelled against my creator. I rebelled against the grace of God. I rebelled against his good purposes because I was under the realm of evil. Mm -hmm. But the Lord saved me. The Lord rescued me. The Lord delivered me. Mm -hmm. And through the power of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. I have now been delivered and saved from the power of evil, now saved unto the realm of God, where I will find restoration And as we as the image of God, which we should know what that means by now, when we as the image of God are restored, the kingdom's restored. There's a reciprocal process there. Yeah. And it's all about the restoration of that rule of God. And and I think as as you explained in your sermon a few episodes ago, that is just such a refreshing and I think empowering way to tell the story of the Christian life. That we are to live under the realm and the reign of God. Well, I want to take us a bit further in Exodus, but what additional thoughts do you have first? Yeah, go ahead. Can I I say, you know, clarifying that point about salvation, rescue, deliverance, uh, we've talked about this before, not saved from God, saved from evil for God to, to be reunited with him and reconciled with him and reign with him. Live with him, reign with him. Yeah. Amen. I, I, I can't tell you how important that is. I, I think that so many people in churches just don't get this. Yeah. We think that salvation is somehow about us being saved from God rather than being saved to God. Yeah. I'm going to say this a different way. The cross demonstrates the problem of evil was not a problem within God's own self, but it was a problem within us. Hmm. It's not that God was schizophrenically in heaven. Oh, do I love these people or do I not? Romans 5, even when we were rebellious and ungodly, Christ died for us. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to, I mean, you just realized some of those articulations of the gospel are really pagan. It was the pagan gods who would fly off the handle that you would be afraid of and that you needed to appease and all those kinds of things. Absolutely. And, and the, the, the creator is one of, of overwhelming love and grace and mercy and compassion and, and right, good justice. Amen. And Mike, I love what you just said there, because this is how good theology should work. Good theology should affect every other part of your view of God. Hmm. If, if you, if you get kingdom, right, which mm-hmm. as you've said, is the story of the Bible, well, then it's going to affect how we understand the atonement. It's going to affect yeah. how we understand the grace of God. It's going to understand how we affect the sanctification of the Christian life. All of those things flow from one another. If you get the kingdom first. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, as you get to Exodus 19, Israel is now delivered from Egypt unto the presence of God. And it should not surprise us then that royal language is going to just saturate this section. Read for me Exodus 19, verses 1 through 6, please. Sorry, I turned to verse 4. Go back. In the third month after the sons of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that very day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. When they set out from Rephidim, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness, and there Israel camped in front of the mountain. Moses went up to God, and Yahweh called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the sons of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on weagle's wings. I said, excuse me, how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my people, my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. Yeah, I mean, just, I, I can never read this these verses enough. Yeah. Israel comes into the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And clearly, God is seen as king of Israel at this point. Yeah, God yeah. is the one that's, who is. Go ahead, go ahead. No, that's that's the that's what that that song we just walked through, right? That's saying He shall reign forever and ever. He is now their king. The yes. the the beastly enslaving power of the serp of the serpent of the of Pharaoh has been uh, overcome. God now reigns over His people, and here you go. And, and this is this is the way it was meant to be in Genesis one and two until evil yes. was introduced. Yeah. And Exodus nineteen is one of these glimmers of new creation in the Old Testament, yes. mm-hmm. where okay, evil's not here. This is a people who are under the presence of God. And it's interesting to note that that, that it's almost as though Exodus nineteen to twenty is a two agent story. Mm. Now. There's going to be further warnings about evil continuing to be in their presence, and it's going to come back into 21, yeah. et cetera. But, but, but it's almost as though this is what God always intended, mm-hmm. for humanity to be under him in love yeah. and for us to give God our glory. And this is what, of course, happens yeah. at Sinai. Yeah. Israel was to come to the edge of Mount Sinai, worship the Lord, and then the Lord was going to covenant with Israel and give to them rule and reign over the land, mm-hmm. which of course is Adamic. This, yeah. this is what God yeah. intended of Adam. Whenever God says, all the earth is mine in verse five, God is going to entrust this earth in a section of it in particular over to Israel. So it's like the gracious king is again giving away mm-hmm. what he has created and what he has rule over to his people. Yeah. And then you get to verse six. And Israel is a kingdom of priests. Now, in our Revelation series, we talked about this a bunch. But over and over again, the whole nation of Israel is seen as a kingdom. And we as Christians should see ourselves as kings, queens, and priests. And this is the idea that God is wanting his people to live by. You know, like you said in your sermon, Mike, I don't wake up like Queen Elizabeth in the morning thinking, yay, this is my day to rule. Mm -hmm. Uh, But perhaps I should. Mm -hmm. Now, again, as you said, that's a very different type of rule than what the kingdoms of this world have taught us. Yes. But if we understand that biblically, Mm -hmm. this is the day 
yeah. like every day, that I need to share the goodness of God's creation, that I need mm-hmm. to give grace to others, that I need to serve others, that I need to rule and reign as an image of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what God is commissioning to Israel, and that I think should even be our mission as Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, l- l- let's take all this together. Then let's take all this together. The Exodus is the story of a kingdom. It's a story of a people being delivered from the kingdom of sin back unto the reign of God. Yeah. Tell me briefly, what is the story of baptism? Yeah, it's the same. It's the same story, right? These all these stories are are echoed and advanced and getting in our bones. Right. But yeah, the story of baptism is exactly that. And I mean, it means so much, but it's the death resurrection and entry into the going, passing through the waters um, to new life in the King with the King for the King. Amen. Yeah. yeah. And this is where, you know, Romans five twenty one, which we've talked about a few times, sin reigned and death go over one chapter of Romans six. Yeah. Do you not know that all of us who've been baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Well, these images about baptism are wonderful, but really notice this. It says in verse seven, for one who has died has been liberated from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Now, we know, we know, we know, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him him. it is like we have been delivered from the dominion of sin and brought back to the reign of god yeah that's the gospel story that's the good news of jesus christ and this i think is the exodus story yeah so let's summarize real quick let's summarize real quick what's the story of the bible story of the bible is a story of the kingdom of god we see God reigning as king, appointing humanity to represent him and, and rule on his behalf. Oh, there's another R word. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Go ahead. Represent. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Um, and and the, the story ends with that that purpose realized in a more full and complete and advanced way. And in between, we see this dual story of rebellion and restoration, human and demonic rebellion against God and against his reign. But yet God is constantly at work in the wake of human rebellion over and against the rebellion of these, this other agent of, of, of evil. Um, God is at work to restore his reign over and through humanity. Um, yeah. And there it that, is. I say your God reigns. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Gospel According to Podcast. If you have any questions about what you heard today, please send us a voice message. We would really love to hear from you. Make sure you follow us on social media, subscribe, and click the bell to get notified when we drop a new episode. Until next time, and for all time, your God reigns. Mm